This is the best, most fun I have ever, ever, ever had on a podcast. This is a hit. I'm Jesse Cole, your host of Business Done Differently, where we get to meet successful people who look at business differently, and we get to know them in a different way. And I saw their eyes light up when I engraved their logo on it and sent it to them. They did two things. One is that made it all about them, and they, and they got excited. And then they started to connect the dots of like, oh my gosh, like if I feel this way receiving a gift, imagine how it'll feel to my client, to my employees. I love it because you really, you know, you looked at sales in a completely different way. You looked at marketing in a completely different way and you you simplified it. And, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of your talks and I love one of the things too. It's not just about you. It's about the family, but it's really, it's not about you. Today's guest is the one and only John Ruin, the gift expert and author of Giftology. He's worked with a who's who in the business world on amazing gift strategies. He thinks dramatically different when it comes to gifts. And John, I am pumped to have you on the show today. Well, dude, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. You know, I was just on the phone yesterday with a good friend of mine, Dan Miller, and he shared with me. He's like, you got to get in touch with, with John Ruin. I was like, I'm actually talking with him on the show. And he goes, he gave a gift to my wife, Joanne. And she was blown away. It, John, is, is that part of your strategy to actually send gifts to the spouses of these people you're talking to? Yeah, it sounds weird. Like, why would you send gifts to somebody's spouse uh, or their assistant or their, uh, you know, their team members or whatever else? Like, why wouldn't you send it to the decision maker or the thought leader or the CEO? But, you know, this past year, I sent out close to $350,000 worth of gifts and 80% of them were targeted not at the executive, the leader, the decision maker. They're at targeted towards that those three people, uh, the inner circle is what we call it. And it's because you know oftentimes a Joanne doesn't get the best side of business. She gets the worst side of business. She gets like Dan having to travel and speak and you know long days or travel or you know going to conferences or hey you know Dan let's go golfing or whatever else. Um, and so anytime you can honor that relationship, I mean, Joanne's like the next time you come to Nashville, you're coming to my house and I'm making you dinner. <laughs> um, and so I have, uh, I mean, she's, uh, she's an advocate, but I basically, um, yeah, I don't ask for anything, but they, most of the time people will go way out of their way to, to advocate for you. And a lot of times people, the prospects will be like, dude, you, I'm, I'm now like sleeping with the enemy. You have like you you converted my my wife or my husband into a sales rep for you. Like all they want to talk about is you, and I can't I can't get away from you. Oh, and uh, you know they're laughing, but they're also serious. So it's uh, it does work, um, but most people don't understand, or it, even if they understand, they don't execute on it. So it's, it's a rare thing. It's uh, brilliant. It's brilliant because it's a great way also to build a culture. And we're going to get into culture in a little bit, but we try to find out every one of our uh, people that work for us information about their spouse, their significant other, and their family because again, that makes them even more excited about the job that they're taking part of. And the statistics now are staggering. I think people under thirty years old leave a job every thirteen months. So whatever you could do to keep the other people happy in their life is great. So I would Dan told me that I absolutely love that story. So I guess I'm fascinated, John, by how you became a gift expert. I know you had a great experience with sales. You know, how did you jump into becoming the gift guy? It was on accident, honestly. I'd like to say like since I was three years old, I had this like special superpower and like I've always been this amazing gift giver and like God's just wired me for this. But, you know, like I grew up a farm, a poor farm boy in Ohio. So it's um, it really did happen on accident. I, I, 
I've always been able to see the angle and I've always been, you know, motivated to get out of, um, you know, poverty. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went to school to go be a doctor, but my mentor, uh, that really changed my life. I met when I was 18, 19 years old, going to Malone small Christian university. And the guy, his name's Paul Miller. I actually was just telling somebody the other day, um, about Paul and like, Oh my gosh, my, my wife grew up next to Paul's wife, he's one of the most amazing human beings. I'm like, yeah, he is. He changed my life. And I told him the story. He's like, yep, that sounds like Paul. Of course, Paul won't take any of the credit, but he was an attorney, small community. He's actually my girlfriend's dad um, at the time. And uh, and he was like a rainmaker. Like he was always giving away gifts and things and and picking up tabs for people. And But never, it was just who he was. It wasn't like a sales tactic. Mm. But because of that, he was the most liked, most trusted most top of mind person in town. And so he would get like a phone call and, you know, get hooked up on a piece of real estate that magically two years later became the Walmart. Like he owned the banks in town, he owned oil wells. I mean, just everything came his way. And, uh, and so I pitched him the idea of giving away, I, I went and interned with Cutco, the knife company where, yeah. you know, Al Elrod and Broman and all these, you know, there's a lot of people in our circle that got their start with Cutco because the sales training is incredible. Mm. But I didn't know what Cutco was. And, and honestly, like I, I was hoping that I'd maybe last a summer if I was lucky. Um, but I pitched Paul. I was like, Paul, you're always giving away things. Maybe, you know, you buy these pocket knives. Cutco has amazing handmade pocket knives. All your clients are men. And, um, and he said, he got this little twinkle in his eyes, like before church on a Sunday morning and I'm sweating bullets because I'm pitching my girlfriend's dad knives. Like how awkward <laughs> and weird is that? And, uh, he's, and he didn't make me feel weird at all. He said, John, I'll order pocket knives, but what I'd really like to order are like the pairing knives. Could I engrave those? And I'm, I'm sure I had like this bewildered look, like you want to give grown men a kitchen tool, like <laughs> CEOs of multi-million or billion dollar companies, like that seems weird. Like I'm, you know, 19 years old, 20 years old. And uh, I said, Paul, why? And he said, I found in 40 years of business, the reason I have more deal flow referrals and most top of mind and most liked is that I found that if you take care of the entire family, everything else in business seems to take care of itself. Mm. And that was the light bulb. Like it, I literally felt like somebody hit me with like a two by four, <laughs> or a slugger in the head. I was like, Holy crap. Like, a, I just sold three thousand dollars in knives when the average order was one hundred and eighty bucks. Wow! And um, maybe it was four thousand. I don't know. It was, it was the it was at the time it was like an insane order. But I started to realize it really wasn't about the knives. I saw Paul like understand psychology, relationship building, and and reciprocity and influence and and uh, and so I started to try different things as a college kid. I would try different things to open doors, I'd buy, you know, as a college kid, $200 carving set, which is a lot of $200 of anything. Is yeah. a lot. I was kid 20 years ago. And, um, but I would engrave the CEO's name, CEO spouse's name, put a little handwritten note inside said, carve out five minutes for me. I promise it'd work your time. <laughs> and I would send it off out of my dorm room. I'm packaging it up. And two weeks later I get a phone call and it's, you know, the $200 million CEO's assistant, Susie. Susie's like, Hey, Mr. Smith wants to meet with you, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I'd walk in, you know, wearing the one suit I had into like this huge mahogany boardroom and, and, uh, I'm sweating bullets in walks, you know, Mr. Smith is, and he's in his sixties and he is the will he's like confused. He's like, I thought you'd be like this seasoned sales executive, like in the fifties. He's like, are you John Rulin? And I'm like, yeah. And, uh, he's like, are you here to sell me knives? And I'm like, nope, I'm here to help you and your thousand sales reps 
do exactly what I did to you to your top 10,000 relationships to grow referrals and to grow loyalty. And his jaw would hit the ground. Wow. You're really good. <laughs> and I walked out of that meeting with an order for a thousand knives to the point where Cutco thought it was fraud. They actually flagged the order. They thought I was flipping them. On, I had to be buying them and selling them on eBay or something because who would ever buy a thousand something mm. of knives in business? That just made no sense to them. So, so all that to say, like we, we started to model these practices, test them out. And by the time I was a senior in college, out of a million and a half college, or, you know, college kids in their 70 year history, I was the largest distributor uh, ever. And uh, I realized med school is going to get put on hold. And I decided <laughs> to pursue the whole entrepreneur thing. And that was 17 years ago. And I haven't looked back since. I love it because you really, you know, you looked at sales in a completely different way. You looked at marketing in a completely different way and you, you simplified it. And, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of your talks and I love one of the things too. It's not just about you. It's about the family, but it's really, it's not about you. I mean, it fires me up in a negative way. When I get pens and notepads with someone else's company's name on it, and I feel like you learned that at 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, tell me how you barely built that into your gift brand. Yeah, well, I think that um, I realized as I'm making these samples for people, I could engrave ruling group on it and they're not going to be very excited. But if I engrave, you know, if I'm going to meet with the Cubs and I engrave the Cubs logo on it, or I go to, especially when it's owned, it's a privately owned firm, a construction firm. I started to realize like they built that firm, that brand, you know, with a lot of sacrifice, blood, sweat, and tears. They don't give a rip about ruling group mm. or Cutco or giftology or whatever else they care about themselves. Like we're all what's in it for me. Yes. And I saw their eyes light up when I engraved their logo on it and sent it to them. They did two things. One is that made it all about them and they, and they got excited. And then they started to connect the dots of like, Oh my gosh, like if I feel this way, receiving a gift, imagine, how it'll feel to my clients or my employees. And so it, it automatically, it, I had kind of figured it out on accident just yeah. from seeing people respond to the gifts with my brand on it or their brand. And then when I take it a step further and I put their, their name on it and their, their wife or their husband's name and their family name, and, and maybe like, you know, if they're really faith driven, maybe a Bible verse that's important to them or their favorite quote from mm -hmm. like, if they love Ronald Reagan. I've engraved that on the back or, yeah. and people just, you know, it, it was the knife was the delivery vehicle, but it was all the personalization mm. about them that made it an artifact. It made it about their legacy, who they are and what they care about and, and, and their identity. And, you know, it's hard to compete um, with us when, when we're personalizing things at that level, no matter what we're sending. Um, and so the knives are still one of our most popular gifts. But it's not really about the knife, although it's useful and it's practical and daily use. It meets all of our requirements. But the whole logo thing, people are like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, I'll just, I'm going to get these nice, you know, Bose headphones or Tiffany's and I'm going to put my logo on. I'm like, you're ruining, you're defacing yes. the gift in many cases. Now, there's, there's exceptions to the rule and there's some people that don't care. But if you're the higher up the food chain you go, the more you're dealing with people um, that have received a lot of things like that logo or personalizing it is, is a detail that can change the entire perception of, of uh, how that other person receives it. And people are like, oh, I've done gifts before. It doesn't work. Like, <laughs> Did you do these 10 things? Like, yeah. I'm like, well, you're not, you're not, we're not even playing in the same galaxy. Yes. It, um, it, they look at me like the blank stare. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, the square one, you know, like, 
this is not rocket science, but for most people, they've been taught marketing um, and not relationship building. Mm. And, and there's a big difference. Um, now, great relationship building can be amazing marketing, uh, but typically great marketing doesn't end up with deep relationships. And most everybody wants those great relationships, but they're not willing to do the things that, that actually drive those. So 100%. Well, I think what's great, John, it's you're looking at gifts in such a different way. You know, one of our premises with our teams is whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. And I remember, <laughs> listen, I remember listening to you. It's like, Christmas cards. Like when I saw a few years ago, Stan was like, oh, we're going to do Christmas cards for everyone. I was like, everyone else is doing that. It's going to get packed up with everyone else. So I go, guys, let's think differently. Instead of birthday cards, we do six month birthday cards. You know, you try to find different holidays and how do you connect with them? And people, it just takes a little bit thinking, but like Christmas cards, one of our ideas was actually let's find pictures of families on Facebook and then send them their own Christmas card <laughs> from us, you know, think of it in a different way. And I think, yeah, is there a way to like teach or, or, or train this? I mean, other than just keeping it that simple? No, I think, I think, uh, you know, the idea of, you know, do you want to play in a red ocean or a blue ocean? There's yeah. a whole book about it. Yeah. And the red ocean is infested with a bunch of people all doing the same thing. And so you're fighting over scraps um, or do you want to be the only person in the ocean and you have the whole ocean to yourself, charge what you want and engage how you want. And it's just more fun, yes. frankly, you know, when everybody's zigging, you're zagging, like yes. there's, there's probably a hundred cliches out there. <laughs> um, you know, like, do you want to be a sheep, you know, to the slaughter, like, you know, like, all, yeah. like it, but it all says the same thing, which is if, if everybody's doing it, yeah, cut it out completely do the exact and opposite. use those resources and time and energy to do something that nobody else is doing. Cause I, I don't care if you're a secretary or you're a billionaire, like everybody it, for the most part loves to receive a surprise and delight. That's good. Most yeah. surprises in life tend to be like, Hey, you got cancer um, yeah. or, or, you know, so-and-so passed away. Like most surprises in life are bad. When you mm -hmm. give people good surprises, like even billionaires, you know, that's the reason that they, they, uh, you know, that they go to a game or that they are an American Express member or they travel the world. They want to be surprised and delighted and experience something that they never experienced before. And we just bring that to gifting. And frankly, most people suck at it so bad. The bar is so low that we, it's a category we can be a king in because most people that have never thought about it as being a competitive advantage. 100%. I want to bang through some, some questions and segments quickly. I got one from Marie, our director of servicing with the Bananas. What's the best way to find out what your clients are most interested in and what's most important to them? Well, I would say that there's some universal truths that can apply. People are like, well, how do you you're like, why are you sending knives? And I'm like, well, last time I checked, everybody, you know, that has a house or an apartment or a condo has a kitchen and they eat every day. So I'm pretty sure that eating and especially today, you know, being a foodie or hosting people like that's a universal truth. You know, if you're married. You know, you want to you you want to be the hero to your spouse or to your kids, or if you're in business, like your assistant's probably getting the raw end of the deal because they're dealing with their you know schedules and challenges and all the other things. So there's some things that are universal truths that we tap into. But I would say the other thing is that hey, people give you the playbook. Um, they put it, they post it publicly, and that's called social media. Like it's amazing on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or whatever, they talk about what's important to them, you know, what they love, what they hate, what's, you know, what would be an amazing thing to do for them. And so, you know, we live in this great day and age where like, you don't even have to go ask. Like, in some cases, we'll reach out to somebody's spouse or somebody's yeah. assistant to say like, 
hey, what's their shoe size? Or, hey, what's their shirt size? Or, hey, what's their whatever? But my gosh, like with social media out there, um, it's, it's amazing what you can find or pick up the phone or email somebody close to them and say, hey, we really want to honor this person. You know, can you answer these five questions for me? Easy. Yeah. Uh, so th- th- that would be, you know, those are the ways that we leverage for our own clients. Um, when people it. hire us to do gifting. That's what we do. I love it. So now next I have like on the after effect, you know, how you have all these customers say like you have thousands of paying customers. How do you surprise and delight for an after effect? Because a lot of times people spend the money to woo and attract customers. But what about after they've experienced? Like I'm thinking about our ballpark or restaurants or places that have thousands of customers. What have you yeah. seen that's worked? Well, I think that um, what's interesting is a lot of times people will spend a lot of money to get somebody as a client and then they don't realize that um, the best rev- the best investment is, you know, you don't have to spend that much to keep somebody wooed and wowed. Um, and so I think that whether you have 10 customers or 10 million customers, our big thing is, is reinvest a percentage of profits back into people, you know, that got you on Broadway. Like What, what percentage your- do you do, John? Is there, is there a certain budget you have for customer gifts? Yeah, so our, our our low benchmark is five percent of profits. Uh, mid would be ten percent, and high would be fifteen percent. So all, let's that's say overall profits of the whole company. Profits of the whole company. Okay. Yep. And so not I'm talking net. I'm not. Ta- I'm talking after all expenses, all salaries. Like you know, you have a client that spends a hundred grand with you, but their profits only ten grand. You're not focused on the hundred grand. I care about like what are you taking home? Mm-hmm. Like what's the net profit? And and what's interesting is if you reinvest you it as a reinvestment to keep them there's three things that you want to do with your your current clients is you want to keep them you want to grow them and the big key is the third one that most people are just horrible at which is turn all of your clients into raving fan salespeople for you and so people are like man i i I made a hundred grand off that 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 client do i really want to invest you know ten thousand dollars back into them and i'm like well, do you want that hundred thousand to come in next year? And would you like it to grow to one hundred twenty thousand? And oh, by the way, would you like them to go out of their way to duplicate themselves and to bring on another client that produces one hundred thousand dollars for you? Mm. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, then, hey, idiot, like reinvest the money. Like it's a no brainer. Like it's a simple equation. Like people, you know, if they're a great client for you, they're probably being called on by other people, other companies. Because they want them as a client too. Mm, yeah. And so don't get lazy once you get somebody in the door. That's the time to turn it on. Like, mm. you know, most people are will spend insane amounts of money to get somebody in the door and then they like completely drop off afterwards and somebody else is gonna woo them and they're gonna leave and you're gonna be like, Oh man, yeah, I, I would have spent that ten thousand dollars to keep them. <laughs> you know, like everybody will spend the money after the, the customer's loss, and at that point it's too late. Yeah. It's the customer um, journey after they actually buy from you that matters most. And I, I agree with you so much. I just feel like so many companies don't don't focus on that, which is crazy. But John, we're gonna keep this in business done differently. We're gonna go to our first game. Are you mentally prepared for this? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, we do this at our ballpark, but first it's truth and dare. Which one do you like first? Uh, let's do dare. All right, dare. It is a game we play at the ballpark called Sing in the Blank. We usually get two grown men, put them on the field, have a microphone in front of them, and we play a song, usually a love song, and then when it stops, they have to finish that song lyric into each other's eyes. Okay? So right now, I'm going to play a song, and you got to finish that song lyric. And it is playing with your theme a little bit. Are you ready? I'm ready. Finish that song lyric. And I am a material girl. Yes. Uh-oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, you nailed it. A little Madonna. <laughs> Thank you. That was, is that the first time you sang Material Girl on a podcast? Um, I can guarantee with a thousand percent certainty that that is the first time I've sang in any way, shape or form on a podcast. Perfect. Yes, All right. We've definitely gone differently. All right. Material Girl fitting with the gift theme, but now we have a truth. Are you ready? I'm ready, man. All right. You understand gifts. You've built a great culture. But what is actually holding you back right now from success? What is holding me back from success? Wow, that's a deep question. I would say I would say that right, my number one focus right now is I'm pouring into my marriage because in the last number of years, I've been so – I've traveled a lot. I've been distracted. I've been pursuing business to kind of get it to the point, you know, get the book launched and the course and whatever else. And so I would say that when your inner circle, when your home life is not well, um, that that projects onto everything. Mm -hmm. And so I'm spending, um, you know, last year my focus was my my health and my own personal weight, and I you know I dropped 50 pounds, and wow. I'm stronger than I was in college. And so I would say that uh, I think that investing into my marriage and to my family at a deeper, more consistent level. Um, will help unstick me. Uh, it's getting me to think more creatively about my business and what I'm saying no to and boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I'm ready to get to that next plateau. And a lot of people would say, well, that's going to cause you to go backwards. And then my, my view is that if I take care of that, if I take care of home, uh, it's going to give me the ability to, uh, to, uh, to pursue my dreams at an even deeper, higher level. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, we went crazy from Material Girl into a deep question. So like I said, you got to keep you on your toes right now, John. Dude, you know? I, I love the questions, man. I, <laughs> I've not had anybody ask me that question, I don't think, either. So, dude, keep keep, uh, keep the curveballs coming. Yeah, you never know where you're going to go. Well, I'm going to go back in, I'm gonna go back into a little bit of culture because I'm fascinated by this. Um, gifts for employees. And we say this all the time, but you know, love your customers more than you love your product. But I believe love your employees more than you love your customers. And we invest yes. heavily in experiences, you know, cruise for our people, cruises, trips, really these great experiences. But I've heard you've done some very unique things with housekeeping, some other personalization. Can you talk about some of the gifts you've done for your employees? Yeah, well, I think that um, everybody gives good lip service to relationships with their most valuable asset. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's all about culture. It's all about employees. And then like, you know, here's your, you know, $50 Starbucks gift card. Hey, here's your go pick out your own gift from a catalog. Like that does not make somebody feel special. Like it doesn't put yourself in their shoes. It doesn't make their life easier. And so, you know, as we've evolved, I've, I've asked myself the same question of like, what would they really want that they wouldn't do for themselves, but that, that would make their quality of life better. And the other thing that I, I firmly believe is you can't expect somebody to give Ritz Carlton service if they've never experienced the Ritz Carlton. And so I think that uh, we've, you know, we're not afraid now we're not, you know, crazy with it, but we budget money to be able to pour into our employees to make them feel the love. Because oftentimes I think a lot of times people will do amazing things for the clients and the employees thinking, well, that's great, but I'm the one that's working for you 2000 hours a year. And you're going to send them to the, you know, to the World Series or the Super Bowl or on a cruise or whatever else. Like it, it, it creates even subconsciously a bitterness of like you say, it, you know, we're, I care about you as a person, but I'm not willing to invest and put my money where my mouth is. And so one of the things that we did, all of our employees are, work remotely. They're stay at home moms or college educated, they have kids, husband. 
Um, and we realized like they don't have time to clean their houses and do things for themselves because they're working and just trying to play, so, you know, be super mom. And so we said, uh, we're going to start paying to have their houses cleaned every other week. Mm. And it costs us probably $2,000 per employee. And people are like, Oh my gosh, you know, like we could never afford that. And I'm like, all right, really, Mr. Google, um, you, <laughs> you, let's say an average employee, you know, or low, a low end employee for you is, you know, makes, you know, between 45 and 55,000. Last time I checked, that's a $10,000 swing on what you're willing to pay somebody as an entry level employee, $10,000. Like you're, you're telling me that if you hire somebody for 45,000 or 50,000, that $5,000 makes that big a difference. No, it doesn't. You don't need, it's a rounding error. You don't even notice it. But imagine if you took that $5,000 and invested it into people, made their lives better with things like paying to have their houses cleaned or um, paying for date night, including the babysitter on that tab, Ooh. you would radically change their their quality of life and you'd have an employee that would want to run through walls for you. And so even when I spoke at Google, they're like, you know, some of the people came up to me afterwards and were half joking, half serious. They're like, are you hiring? Did I work for Ruling Group? Did I work for Giftology? And I'm laughing. I'm like, this is Google. Are you yeah. kidding me? Um, but, it, you know, Google will do anything for you at Google headquarters, but they don't necessarily want to make your quality of life at home better, or at least they're not doing those sorts of things where they're like, hey, can we pay for this, this, and this at home? They want to keep you at Google working 24-7. So free coffee, free meals, free whatever, like anything that will keep you working more at Google. And I'm like, that's great, but these are human beings, mm. and they don't just work. They have lives outside of work, and so we need to help them have a better quality of life. And if we do that, we'll get better work from them and they'll contribute and they'll feel part of things. And, you know, it's like amazing. Like treat a human being like a human being. <laughs> so simple. things will work out better for yeah. you and for them. Like okay. what a novel concept. It, it's, it's brilliant. You know, and I love, I love the housekeeping, you know, it makes me think, you know, about landscaping and other things where they don't have to worry about it. And I've heard of another company, I think it's next jump that actually does laundry services for their people. And I think, I think about our millennials who work for us. I'm, I know, I know they don't like doing laundry. You know, you try to think of other things that you could do to help and, I love that. And, and John, I'll share, you know, one thing that stands out for me, we have amazing fan moments at the ballpark, but the time that Danny our, our, uh, became our vice president and literally at the end of the season, he helped raise thousands of dollars for nonprofits, helped us sell it all the games. And we brought the whole staff together and I surprised him with a toy airplane. And I said, Danny, this is how far you've taken us, how far you've gone and how you've taken everyone with you, with us. And, uh, and he was like, oh, that, that's, that's great. And I go, also, um, we're flying you to game one of the World Series to go with your dad tomorrow morning. And it was the one bond him and his dad had was the Cleveland Indians. And when we called his dad, his dad started crying and Danny started crying there. And it was like that moment meant more than anything. And the great moment was the entire staff started cheering. It was no jealousy. And it's like, why wouldn't you invest that money? Dude, I'm, I'm getting I'm – get, I, I got goosebumps. Um, <laughs> dude, I, I, that's awesome. Like that's exactly um, – that's what we are teaching. You're, you're executing it. I'm – Oh, wow. I'm, and I'm not blowing hot air. If somebody does something amazing, I just, I feel like I should be clapping. And, and, and <laughs> dude, that's, uh, I mean, you've changed somebody's life forever that they will have that memory, um, with their, with their dad and their dad will have that memory. And it, and, you know, it just, it brings everybody together. And yeah, I, I think that when you're, when you're radically generous like that and you're thoughtful about it, instead of having a bullseye on your back of people like being jealous or not wanting you to succeed, they want to lift you up, mm. you know, like, and I think that's whether it's in corporate America or a small business, like people don't understand, like when you're, when you're this way, like people want you to succeed, they're rooting for you versus against you. And I think a lot of people root against people 
because they're they are jealous because they don't feel treated like a human being. And dude, you're wow. That's just- well, I tell you, it's a lot from listening to you. It's it's how can you think about those experiences and and that investment? It doesn't matter if that was ten thousand, fifteen thousand. It's something that they'll have for the rest of their life. And so when you get to know your people and really understand them, I think it matters so much. And we're fortunate. I mean, we have. 22 to 27 year olds who, you know, they tell us everything. <laughs> so they're an open book and we get to literally listen. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about hearing about those things. And, you know, I'd love to hear more things that people are doing because I feel like it's not just a gift card to their favorite restaurant. It's more things that they can have those moments with their family. So uh, I appreciate I appreciate you sharing some of the things you've done. I got a question. I want to go into Find Your Yellow Tux, uh, my book, How to Be Successful by Standing Out. I talk about attention and crazy things. I'd love to know what's something you've done crazy with your business or maybe, uh, you know, some crazy gift that's really made a difference. Well, um, I, I mean, the, the, the Brooks Brothers story, I mean, that, that comes to mind. Yes. And I think uh, I, don't, I don't know if you want me to. to yeah, if you, if you want to, yeah, if you want to briefly share that for the listeners, that'd be great. Yeah, so this is a long and short of this. Uh, Cameron Harold, author of Double Double, one of the top business coaches in the world. I, I met him. I wanted to build a relationship with him. And so I invited him when he was going to be in town to speak for EO uh, to to uh, Cavs game opening night. LeBron, I'm thinking, oh, it'll be amazing. We'll go out for a state dinner. He'll be like on cloud nine. And his response was pretty underwhelming because he's like, and, and looking back, I'm like, duh, like everybody in business, dinner, ball game, golf you know, cigars, it's like the same playbook over and over again. So he was like, yeah, I guess I'll go. And I'm like, gosh, like that's not, I, I want this guy in my corner. I wanted to wow him and have him be an advisor, a mentor, a inner circle kind of person. And so I'm like, I need another angle. And I said, what are you else you going to do when you're in town? And he said, I'm going to go shopping because the dollar's weak. I'm from Canada. And I'm thinking this is my angle. I said, where are you going to shop at? And he said, Brooks Brothers. And so on the spot, I'm like, I'm a Jose Bank guy. Uh, I want to send you a shirt. What's your shirt size? Of course, he looks at me like I'm like, you know, is this dude have a man crush on me? Like, that's a weird, super weird question to ask. And, uh, but he's, you know, from Canada, he's played, he told me. And uh, fast forward to the the, uh, the the morning he's flying in to see me, he starts texting me, hey, my flight's delayed. I'm going to get in late. Do you just want to cancel? And I'm like, gosh, like he's trying to weasel out of this dinner in a ball game. So I, I, I talked my business partner into doing this experience and he thought I was insane and to the point where he's like, dude, if it doesn't work, which I think it's going to blow up in our face, <laughs> it's coming out of your personal draw. Yeah. And I, and I, I like, you had this pit in my stomach. Cause like I knew what was coming. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I, I believe in it enough. I'm going to, I'm going to do it anyway. So I went up to, to Brooks brothers a couple hours before Cameron arrives in Cleveland put the Amex down. I put the sizes on a piece of paper. I said, I want one of everything in your new fall collection, all your jackets, pants, suits, sweaters, belts, everything. And, uh, they go to ring it up and I'm like, please, you know, like, I hope the Amex has enough on it because it was $7,000 in clothes. <laughs> so then we went to the Ritz and after the GM and we merchandised this hotel room to look like a Brooks Brothers store. Jackets here, pants. And I'm drinking uh, like a triple on the rocks down in the lobby. Scared to death. I'm sweating. My business partner's like chirping in my ear like he's going to think you're a stalker. This is the worst idea ever. And uh, long and short of Cameron got in, went upstairs, took a shower, saw all the clothes, freaked out in a good way. Came downstairs and said, John, I've never had anybody treat me this way. He said, I've texted pictures to other authors to change my best customer experience story. He said, whatever you want to talk about for as long as you want to talk about it, I'm all ears. So over the last 10, 12 years, he's opened up doors of presence, Starbucks. The reason I can charge $20,000, $25,000 to go keynote is because my first $15,000 speech came as a direct result of Cameron endorsing me, 
getting me on these stages. Like he's done more than ten million dollars in advertising all because of that act of oh, generosity. You know, I think thanks for sharing because I think you know it's tough for people, the entrepreneurs listen to say, you know, I'm going to put five percent of my profits, ten percent of my profits into my employees, five percent of my profits into you know my customers. You need to look at it as a marketing expense. What could be a better marketing form than getting someone to be a raving fan going around telling everyone, and if you change and make your marketing budget 50% gifts, maybe that's an easy way to do it. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, I mean, I, we've had uh, John Goodman, uh, who's, I think he, he runs the largest online community of personal trainers in the world. At tens of thousands of these guys. He's like, John, I converted my entire marketing budget to gifting and it's changed my business forever. And I'm like, seriously? Like I will tell people to switch 25%, 50%. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we our marketing budget's all gifting, basically. But I'm like, for most people, that just freaks them out to even switch half. But it, like you're right. It's really you know, you build relationships at the right level and turn people into salespeople and, and love on people. It inspires them to go do way more than marketing or or a lot of the other traditional things could ever do. And but it's scary because you know it's like anything else. Most people don't do it, so nobody wants to be the fool that you know spends a hundred grand on knives and like looks like an idiot. Because um, everybody's like, well, why would you do that? Um, but. Why wouldn't yeah. you do it? <laughs> Why would you? It's a great question. Yeah. All right, love. Let's bang through some lightning rounds. Let's have some fun here. Another game, flip the script. John, you are now the host of Business Done Differently. and You can ask me any question you want. Wow. I would say, um, what's the best gift that you've ever given to your wife? <laughs> this becomes easy. Actually, this is really easy. Now, this is tough for us because my wife and I, we, o- we only do experiences. We decided that six years ago. Instead of gifts, let's do experiences. So we have a honeymoon every year, honeymoon 2.0, honeymoon 3.0, honeymoon 4.0, and we t- take trips. We're really into experiences. But I broke, yeah. the, ru- but I broke the rule our first year of marriage. Um, we were, <laughs> every single day, what I did was I wrote into a book something about our marriage, how much I loved her, how much I appreciated her, something that really meant to meant to me about her. And every single day for 365 days. And on our one year anniversary, I presented her a book with pictures and handwritten notes every day for her anniversary gift. Dude, that's strong. That is <laughs> that is like, wow, it, the consistency, the thoughtfulness, like, I can only imagine the tears that pour down. And, and yeah, she's downstairs. I think she's crying right now. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it's, it's it's that quote. It's not what you say. It's not what you do. It's how you make people feel. So on her 30th birthday, I got 30 uh, of her closest friends, family members, old high school friends to write a handwritten letter on how much she meant to them. And in every in a great story they had and presented her a book. And again, it was a simple there was no cost to it other than time. And I think people think about these costs that go into gifts. Just think about how can you make them feel? And that's why I believe in handwritten notes. I mean, it's not the most glorious gift in the world. But I'll tell you, everyone on our staff and people I see them up for years, just a simple handwritten note. So um, it's powerful. Yeah. People are like, what do I do when I have a client that's in the government or military or, you know, like a Walmart? I'm like, buy the nicest paper on the planet. And take an hour and write the most thoughtful note. And if you really want to take it up a notch, go and hand deliver it to them and read it to them in person. Yeah, oh, and I almost like guarantee that tears will be shed. There's there's been studies done on the the feeling you if you want to boost your mood and like like statistically like showing gratitude to somebody and reading them a letter in person. Like there's been studies done on both sides, both the reader and the receiver. 
Um, it increases their their feeling of gratitude and their just overall happiness and outlook on life. And, and it, it's not just for like a moment. It's like for days after. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's so powerful. So man, I, I love that. that. That that's brilliant because you know, I started. I called it the thank you experiment back in 2015. And every day I wrote a handwritten letter to someone else, and it's continued because once you start getting doing, it's like a drug. But how do you? If someone's far away and they're in California and you're in Savannah, Georgia, I love the reading to them. Would you do it over a video? I think I, I, I think I would, uh, I would do it with like Zoom or FaceTime or okay, uh, you know, so you can look them in the eye and I, I do. I mean, you could record the video and send it to them, uh, and I think that's still powerful. Uh, some of the gifts that we do, some of the most powerful gifts we do, uh, um, we have the artist that's making the gift talk about why they made the gift the way that they did, and and that storytelling for three or four minutes usually makes people like we just sent one to to a buddy of mine and um he bawled like a baby and what it was just the artist talking about and it happened to hit him at a time when he was just feeling kind of depleted and and not good enough in a number of areas and he's just this world-class human being uh but the video is what like put him over the top where he just bawled like a baby because the it it, um it it, yeah just i think it connects people deeper. So do you, um, so do you, do you, I'm just trying to go the practical steps of this. You write the letter and then you yeah. maybe set up a video, you read the letter and then you put it in the mail to them. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it's from afar, you could exactly, okay. it's uh, in, uh, you put it on a little jump drive or you could email them the video, you know, after they've received it or, or whatever else. So there's different ways that you could do it. But I do think that using FaceTime or something like that to read it and then sending them the letter afterwards. The cool thing about anything like a letter or anything else that we're talking about is the experience is super important because that's the, you know, connects emotionally, mm-hmm. but having the letter or the books, you know, with the, the notes in it or, you know, the knives or whatever else, like it's that tangible element of it. Every time they see it, it, there's a, a, a mental trigger mm-hmm. of whatever the feeling was, the emotion, the memory. Yeah. And so that's, that's the best when you can combine both of the, the experiential and the emotional with a tangible element. That's like, you know, our suit, you know, that's what we consider wow. like I heard the superpower. Yeah. Oh, I love that. See, our staff actually surprised us, Emily and my, my wife and I, with our perfect fans first experience. We thought we were just going to a cookout, but they mapped out the whole journey. They had the parking penguins, people dressed up as penguins parking us like they do at our games. They had our first director of first impressions open the door, give us banana shaped tickets, and they took us outside, had a private table for us, roses, candles, our favorite music playlist. They had flowers. They presented our president, our favorite meal to us. And then they came out with a personalized video of every single one in our staff telling us how much we meant to them. And then they gave us a personalized book with quotes from all the fans and everything. And we lost it. And it was such a great moment. But we'll never remember. We'll never forget the feeling that we had while we were there because we felt it in person. Yeah, man, that's I get it. Wow. They're flipping the script on you. That's that's awesome. That's pretty cool. We're very lucky. All right. We'll finish. up. I know we're rolling through this. I love questions. I think if you want better answers in business, you need to ask better questions. John, what are some of the best questions you're asking right now? Um, the one I ask the most to relationships I meet um, that I would say has served me really, really well is um, how – who are the um, the three most important people in your world and how can I help you love on them? Like how can I help you – like most of the time in business, like we're worried about the sale – uh, closing the deal. And when I flip the script and I, and I go to somebody and I say, Hey, how can I help you love on your three most important relationships? No cost. I'm just going to love on them for you and honor them. And and who's helped you in 2017 that we can love on for you. It, like people oftentimes will, you know, get teary eyed or whatever else, but they're just so blown away 
um, because I'm really focused on them, not on, you know, closing a, a business deal or whatever else. And, and uh, no, yeah, that's brilliant. I heard John Verlman. He said he keeps index cards of the goals of his favorite of his like eight closest friends, I think. And he makes sure he's helping them achieve their goals. He does. Yeah, yeah. he reaches out because last year, you know, mine was the weight thing. And every couple of weeks he'd reach out and say, dude, you know, how's the eating going? How you know, what can I help you with? What, you know, what's how are you, are you getting the lifting in that you said you would like he's he uh, he doesn't just talk it. He practices that. Oh, that's brilliant. All right. Last question. Then the final four tool time. Uh, what is the most important tool you have in your business toolbox? The most important tool. in my, I would say that uh, my relationships, mm. I, I've, uh, I've spent 17 years investing in, in amazing people and um, my network, you know, my, one of my buddies, Jason Gaynor, who you probably know, um, talks about, you know, your network is your net worth. And I, I would, I would subscribe to that idea. I think that's my, my most valuable tool is my relationships. Love it. Love it. All right. Final four. Now we've talked about the relationships. We talked about the gifts, but what have you done to stand out in business and in life? I mean, I, I think some of the simple things I've done, um, you know, the metal business cards, you know, spending $3 on, on business cards to say the details matter, spending $9 on our metal letterhead. Hmm. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, eating our own dog food and sending out $350,000 in gifts this past year. Like I, I, um, those are some of the things I, I think that I do that very few other people, um, are willing to say, what's the most I can do in this situation and how do I take something up? Not one or 2% higher, but how do I take it up 10,000% higher? Awesome. When I've done that in areas, it's, um, it, nobody else can compete. No, that's for sure. Blue ocean, as you talk about. So next question, what, what was the best advice you would give to someone to stand out in business and in life? I, I, something I saw Paul, my original mentor do, um, just naturally was to give more than is reasonable. Mm. Um, I think most people, whether it's in their marriage or relationship with their kids or their clients or their employees, they hold back five or 10% because they're afraid to be taken advantage of, or they're, you know, kind of that scarcity mindset. And, uh, Paul was the exact opposite. He would he'd ask himself, what's the most I can do? And, and, ha- and he would just give more than is reasonable. And because of that, it, um, he became known, um, you know, as a generous person. And, and but ne- he was never forgotten about even, you know, 30 years after meeting him. So, um, Amazing. yeah. That's great. Yeah. And fi- final two here. Best advice you've received? Best advice I've received. This is a tough one. I know. <laughs> I would say uh, tied to the best advice or best decision I, I've made um, would be to not walk the road alone at selling half of the business 10 years ago to my business partner. I make way more money, have a way better quality of life, uh, owning 50% of the business than I ever did owning all of it. So I'd say the best advice I ever got was was to give up control mm. um, and, to, uh, and to share um, and operate in my sweet spot versus mm. trying to do everything. I love it. Finally, John, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be, I, I mean, that give more than is reasonable is something I want on my tombstone. I want, I want people to know that uh, that was a man of faith, that, that I loved well, and uh, that I was generous. Um, and I would say that, uh, that being the people that are closest to me, so my, my wife and my kids and my close friends, um, that the people closest to me would think the most of me. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, it's great to have fans and it's great to have millions of people know who you are and love you or whatever else, but I want the, my inner circle um, to, uh, to love and respect me. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. And as long as I say, be patient in what you want for yourself, but being patient in how much you give to others. 
My friend, John, you have given a ton today, a lot of ideas, great wisdom. You're certainly living to your core beliefs and your values. So, man, I appreciate you being on the show. You definitely succeeded business done differently. You sang Material Girl, which was unbelievable. And uh, I'll tell everyone here, Giftology, the book, has changed the way we do business with our teams. And I suggest you need to go check it out because it is a game changer. John, is there anywhere else people can connect with you? Uh, yeah, well, I was going to say, um, Jesse, is it okay if I give you your audience, your tribe, a gift? Um, of course. <laughs> yeah, so so I think that um, one of the things, you, know, you don't have to go buy the book. Right? Um, if people want to, that's great. It's on Amazon or whatever else. But I think one of the biggest things, people run away from pain more than they go towards pleasure. So one of the biggest questions we get is, what are the things I shouldn't give as gifts? Or can you give me like some parameters or boundaries or like with my little girls going bowling, like the bumpers, you know, the keep from going in the gutter. So we, we created like a one pager that anybody can look at, whether you're an assistant or whether you're the CEO um, of like the 10 worst gifts to avoid giving and, and the reasons why they're the, not the most ideal. And so um, we have this, this, you know, free, you can go download the PDF. Uh, if you go to uh, giftologybook.com slash yellow tux, nice. um, you can go check it out and, uh, and download it. And then if you decide like, Hey, these are really good. I really enjoyed the interview. You want to go buy you know, the book on Amazon or audible or Kindle or whatever else. Um, you know, it's obviously a cheap way to, uh, to dive into our entire playbook, but, uh, but the top 10 verses I think is a, is a pretty valuable tool. I love it. John, thank you so much for everything you've given today. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to business done differently. Our goal is simple to inspire you to think different, have fun and stand out in business and in life. For more ways you can stand out in your business, visit findyouryellowtux.com and you can get the Yellow Tux Handbook for free with the six steps to stand out directly from the Find Your Yellow Tux book. Finally, a big shout out to Podcast Pilot for producing the show and making all the magic happen. For questions, ideas, and feedback, I'd love to hear from you. So shoot a note to jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out. Thank you.